0: Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Hey, if you are three years old to fifth grade, you can head on out of here. If you uh, have your Bibles, why don't you flip open with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to start there. I love having other people do announcements, because then I, they get to see how like nerve-wracking it is, having all your eyeballs looking at us, and then they sit down. Olivia got done. She's like, I'm never doing that one again. And I was just like... I'm like, yes, she's going to do it again, by the way. All right. <laughs> uh, we've been going through a sermon series called the New Year, New You, uh, worthwhile resolutions. And um, this week is our final series before we hit a new series, kind of talking about the uh, kind of the four times that we can be Je- be with Jesus during the day and uh, kind of look at how our prayers kind of uh, Transformed during how the day goes on. I'm, I'm still trying to work out the uh, exact right title for the sermon series starting next week. But it's going to be that is just kind of looking at hey, what kind of portions do uh, we take from God every single day, and so. Today, though, is the, uh, is the last series in this new year, new you, and, and I've really enjoyed walking through it, uh, looking at uh, every single week as, as we just go by, going, hey, what is a worthwhile resolution that we should be taking on? The first week we took on the idea of, hey, trust Jesus, read your Bible, right? Um, and all of a sudden, I'm having a brain fart. Help me out with week number two. You guys, do you guys even remember? Come on. What was it? Yep, that's exactly right. Forgiveness is the second week, and then uh, last week we worked on, hey, just renewing our mind. Uh, what does it mean to renew our mind? And this week, uh, we want to travel into this idea of investing um, investing in the kingdom. If, uh, if you're anything like me, I, I love Instagram, and so um, I follow a lot, of, uh, a lot of leadership podcasts, a lot of like entrepreneurial podcasts. Uh, um, just posts, and so when I listen to when I look on Instagram, the guys that I listen to in podcast I also follow on Instagram, and I just kind of scroll through things and i 'm constantly going, "Oh, look at what these guys are doing in the world right and they're uh, they 're doing all these different things, making millions of dollars and if i and if I told you um, uh, something about myself i 'm a little bit of a workaholic um, it 's really good that I work on a salary base just to let you know because Um, I will work and work and work and not make more money than I do. And this is, I'm telling you because I think that God knows exactly who I am. If I worked with a guy who would let me have overtime, I would blow that thing up because every single time I'd work overtime, I'd be like, look at the money I'm just making now, right? Like I would think about those things. And there are some of you in this room that are like, yeah, I would absolutely do that. There's others of you in this room that go, I've tried that and I used to do that. And I don't really do that anymore because I noticed it took a toll on my family or this or that, and I just keep on thinking to myself, man, my bank account. And then my friend sends me these text messages of like the new boat that I could buy, right? I looked at this new Pavati this week. It was on sale for $355,000, guys, 595 horsepower. Think of all that stuff you could do with that, right, on the lake. But I don't need it, and I don't want it. But one of the things that I look at is this, is that going through these things, and just realizing maybe a worthwhile resolution this week is about our priorities. We see the world in, uh, in uh, looking at the new year, new you resolutions. The world would say, invest in yourself, right? You have to invest in the things that are going to uh, keep you going. And so uh, we'll, we'll pull this up. The world says this, that you should keep yourself in shape. So invest in yourself. But really today, I, I want to say, what if you invested in the kingdom, And so, if you're investing in the kingdom, if the world says, keep yourself in shape, I would say this, is be a disciple, be a disciple. If the world says, build your knowledge, I would say this, I would say, be a memorizer. If the world goes and says, you should evolve your mindset, I would say the worthwhile resolution is that is to be a prayerful person. The world says keep yourself creative and I would say be a servant be a servant And then the last one is is and we're going to dive into all of these and it says make yourself money and the last one would be be a witness be a witness And it all stems today looking at uh, the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which you've opened to 5.17, and it says this, and I'm sorry I'm jumping around on you, Ross, please forgive me. It says this, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. That's the whole point, is is that we don't want to do the old, selfish way of doing things. We want to be a new person. We want to be the people who are investing in the kingdom, and so what does that look like? And we're going to dive into all five of those areas, but before we do that, would you pray with me this morning? God, as we dive into your word, Lord, there is... There's so much to be said about our priorities in life. There's so much to be said about where we keep our eyes focused. Even even the song we sung today about turning our eyes towards you. Because you're the place where we have blessed assurance. God, we do want to give you our hearts. because we do desire to be a soul who is on fire for you. And so God, would you stir in our hearts where you need to go and work the things out? Would you would you speak to us this morning? Would we listen to you? Would we read your word and and realize that it is peace to our souls? And God whatever we walked in with this morning the the hurts the the joys lord would we would you lay them all down at your feet and know that you you're worthy of praise but you're also able to take care of everything we need So God speak through your word this morning in your name we pray amen this morning kind of just reminds me a little bit of uh, King Josiah when he was kind of redoing the temple, and they found these tablets, and then he just starts reading them to the uh, to Israel, and they read them all day long, and realize, "Hey, I've got to get back to the right priorities." And so today we have actually quite a bit of verses to cover, and I and I don't want to um, I, I don't want to spend a lot a lot of time telling stories or anything like that. I, I really just want. The Bible to speak to us today, and so sometimes I'll interject. And it's not going to be a super long sermon today because um, I do want to get to some of the um, some of the annual uh, annual report stuff. But I really want to just focus on the word, uh, the scripture today. And I might read it more than one time with you guys. But the the biggest thing here is that I do think about this is it really lies today's sermon really lies about where your priorities are in life. You see, I think that we, just like I mentioned earlier, we are such people who are just so much of consumers, right? We consume tons of material, tons of knowledge. We read tons of books. We we watch lots of movies. We listen to lots of songs. We're constantly having lots of things going on around us. We're doing, doing, doing. And, and sometimes I wonder if we go, wait a second, let me take a step back and really realize where my priorities are. And sometimes it takes a huge tragedy to have that happen, right? Oh yeah, my priorities are here. Sometimes it's been God just knocking constantly going, hey, if you would set up and do this, I could come in and, and we could commune together. And so wherever you're at today, whether you're on the trajectory of possibly having a tragedy, I would like you to go, hey, no, I want the priorities to hit correctly. Or if it's today where you're going, man alive, I've just been going and I need a little bit of break. I hope that these scriptures are just a little bit of music to your ears this morning. And so, if you're taking notes this morning, let's just dive in right to the first one. If we are going to invest in the kingdom of God, the very first thing that I, I think helps everything else afterwards, and, and to be honest, if you get this one right, the other four will follow, and it might seem a little bit redundant, but I, I'm telling you, they're hugely important. So the first one is this, is just be a disciple. Be a disciple. If you're going to invest in the kingdom of God, it means that we become disciples. And a disciple, the easiest way to explain that is a person who is wholeheartedly leaving everything else behind to follow Jesus Christ, to be like Him. Essentially, to allow Him to take over. There kind of is this phrase, and I'm sure you guys have heard this multiple times, but there's this idea that, man, we uh, in, the, in a Jewish proverb, they sometimes pray and say, may you, be dove- may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. Which means that when they decided to link up to somebody and follow them, they were so closely behind them that the dust that their rabbi would kick up became caked on them. It means that we're following Jesus so closely that may- maybe they don't recognize us, they recognize our leader. And in Mark 8, 34 through 35, it says this. It says, Then calling to the crowds to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Over and over again, as I've been looking at all these weeks that we're going through the worthwhile resolution It comes down to this. It comes down to your priority of going, am I going to hang on to my life and everything that I want in it for myself? Or is it going, no, my life is about the kingdom of God? Because here's the simple fact of this. If we don't give up our life for Christ, we lose it in eternity. If we don't come to the point of going, Jesus, you're going to be my all, This life really doesn't matter then. It means that the worthwhile resolutions we have, we want to just go on for eternity. And so if we keep on investing into ourselves and just our selfish nature and getting what we can until we die, we will be sorely disappointed in the end. There's this song that I grew up with. And this, I don't know how theological this is, so I'm going to share it with you, but it's a song that sticks with me to this day, and it's a song by this uh, um, singer called Eli, and he writes the song called The Lumber Song. And so uh, this guy dies, and he goes to heaven, and he meets St. Peter at the gates, and St. Peter said, hey, I, I see that you accepted Jesus Christ, and he's like, yeah, I, d- I tried my best. And so he goes and... Uh, St. Peter goes, well, I'd like to take you to your place now where you're going to be living for eternity. And he walks by all these mansions, these big houses, and the houses just keep getting smaller and smaller until finally he gets to this little shack and this little shack and he goes, is yes, that really this? And Peter's like, yeah, this is, this is your place. And he's like, what about, what about all those mansions we passed? What about all, all of those? And St. Peter just looks at him and he goes, well, that's, that's all the lumber you sent, man. It's all the lumber you sent. And it just reminds me of this, is that if it's all about me, I'm going to be sending horrible lumber, right? And I, and I don't know how theological that is. I don't see that in the scripture. Like, I'm just going to tell you, like, please don't go, like, start telling people, oh, well, you got to start sending lots of lumber up to heaven, and then you'll have a huge mansion. I, I think for me, it is this, is Where's my priorities? Because in the rest of the song, he, he says, hey, would you send me back to heaven or would you send me back to the earth? And he's like, well, it's pretty much a done deal, man. But like, tell me, like, I'm curious if you were to go back, what would you do? And he's just like, man, I'd love people more. I would start doing the things that Jesus asked. I'd be praying. I would be more generous. I would try to help people out. I would start to memorize scripture and live my life to the way that the Bible talks about and he's like that's exactly what we want you to do. It's just such a cool reminder of going wait a second what is my priority? Cuz I have this feeling that what I have here on earth will probably be kind of the exact opposite. If I have a really big boat, I think I'm going to have a dinghy up in heaven. I don't know. But do you want to be a disciple? And being a disciple, I think, comes down to really six, six things. And so we're, we're going to take them one at a time. And so the first one is, hey, if you want to be a disciple, we, we want to love like Jesus loves. We want to love like Jesus loves. In John thirteen thirty four, it says this. It says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Love doesn't mean we get angry. I mean, read, read 1 Corinthians 13, right? The whole love chapter. Love doesn't hold records of wrongs. Love actually forgives. Love looks at the person's interest more than ourselves. Love says the hard things. Love exposes some things that we've got going on. And so not only do we allow Christ to say to love us, but we love others. The second thing I think that discipleship calls us to do and and to be like Jesus is to to take on his mission, is to take on his mission. In Matthew 4, 19, in fact, he actually, he says this. He said, Jesus calls out to his disciples. He says, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. The mission is no longer about what I get, but about what God is calling us to. It's about listening for the Holy Spirit and saying, God, okay, in this moment right now, what are you calling me to do? It might mean that we leave all of the high-paying jobs behind. It might mean that we uh, we have to put our selfishness aside and go, God, I, well, we should always leave selfishness behind, but that we take on the mission of Christ. This is what he's calling them to do, is they are sitting there going, I'm doing all of these things, I'm fishing, and he goes, yeah, but let me teach you how to be fishers of men. And we're gonna get to that in a little bit, but I wonder if you take on the mission in your job. If you take on the mission of Christ to bring people to Him as a mother or as a father or working wherever you're at. I can see tons of different areas as I look across this whole entire audience. Are you doing your job just for you or are you taking on the mission of Christ? And only you can answer that. And it takes time. I'm telling you, it takes lots of time, time in prayer, time just going, God, okay, help me reprioritize things. The next thing it talks about in becoming a disciple and being like Jesus is we take on his humility. We take on his humility. Proverbs 2, 5 through 8 says this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I can tell you there's been days where I I can't say that, that I have the same attitude that Christ had. Though that he was God and none of us are, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position as a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Leave that up there just for a little bit. He gave up his divine privileges. Whatever privileges we think that we have in this world, I wonder if we would give them up for the express purpose of our mission to God. And I think that that purpose is just the same as the purpose of our church, right, is to equip people to live the gospel joyously. So at every moment, we're pointing people back to the gospel and going, hey, live it, live it this way. In fact, even to the point of becoming a slave to what God is asking us to do, we want to do what the commandments say for us to do over and over again. We want to be obedient to God, even to the point of giving up everything that we have for that exact purpose. Guys, I I think about that in terms of, and I'm going to say guys in this room, okay? males in this room right now how are you doing leading your families I find it interesting that one of the things I talk to over and over again to specifically men who are just coming into my office is when it says Christ was the head of the church so man is the head of the household I think of that right right away and I go man that's not about being better that's about dying if Christ was the head of the church and man is the head of the household that means that we die too it means that we do everything we possibly can to lead our family as well, to bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, to show them something different, to say, hey, man, maybe, maybe I was wrong. How are you doing in that aspect, guys, of dying to yourselves so that you can show the grace of God in your life? Thank you for letting me pick on you, men. The next thing I think that we look at when, if we want to be disciples and look like Jesus is we have to take on the service of Jesus. John 13, 14 says this, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. This is a completely different thing of mission. This is looking at it and going, Once again, I'm loving people. I'm taking on the mission of God and I'm humbling myself so that I can serve those around me. That's a really humble place to be in when we take on the service of Christ and say, I want to do the lowly things for you. Are you getting in the muck and mire of other people's lives? Or are you constantly pointing fingers and saying, That's your own problem? You have to take care of that yourself. Wouldn't you just lift yourself up? You know, if you could do this or that, maybe you'd be better off. But instead going, let me sit with you a while. Let me help you out. And that's a really hard place to be in, just to let you know. I had a friend of mine who had to go to her friend's house who's getting a divorce, and she's like, I don't know the right things to say, Seth. It's an ugly mess, and I have no clue what to say. And I said, sometimes the best thing to do is to sit there in silence. But you don't understand. It's so hard because I want to fix everything. can't fix everything overnight, but if we can be there with them and and walk with them and say, hey, I just want to be right beside you. It's serving them and saying that, man, it's okay. Being with you and walking with you is far more important than anything I could be doing right now. But notice at the end of this is that I love the fact of this, that it's just not serving for serving's sake. At the end, guess what? Their feet are clean. Their feet are washed. And so we're not mindlessly doing it. We're doing it for a purpose. The fifth thing in which if we want to be disciples and we want to look like Jesus is we have to take on the suffering of Jesus. We have to take on the suffering of Jesus. In first Peter two twenty one it says this it said, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example, and you must follow in his steps. This one has been really killing me all week long. Because I'm not sure how that looks. And there's something that um, has been interesting that's been sliding across my desk over and over again as as I read it. And this isn't in your bulletin, and so if you want to write it right under that suffering, write 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Because I think that if I was to look at my own life, I think I've been uh, suffering not for Christ, but I've been suffering in Christ my investing in yourself area. And let me, let me kinda flush that out with you. I wanna read this to you. It says this, "'You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friend, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasures rather than God. Here's the kicker for me right here. They will act religious, but they will reject the very power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. See, I think I've been suffering in terms of rejecting the very power that could make me godly that I've been doing all the other things in the world and rejecting the very power that could change the way we think, could change the way that we forgive people, could change the way that we spend time with God, could change literally everything. And I think that I allow other priorities to come in. And so I'm not suffering for the kingdom of God. I think I'm wallowing in my suffering for myself exact opposite and and I think that I would like to I don't think I'd like to be on the other side of things. I'd like to have the love of God and the mission and the humility and the service and to the point of going, I just need people to know so much more. And suffering in the face because we know that what's going to happen is is when we take on these things of Jesus Christ. We are going to suffer. Things are not going to go the way that we want to. People are going to scoff at us and go, that is a dead religion. You don't need it. And instead, we're going to be beacons going, no, don't you see Jesus Christ is the way? I want that sort of suffering. Because then I'll be truly filled with the Holy Spirit. And the last thing to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and take on the likeness of him is take on his obedience. Take on his obedience. 1 John 2, 3 through 6 says, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey his commands, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Jesus was obedient to the scripture over and over again. He knew the scriptures. Just let that sink in. Read that for yourself one more time in your own voice. I'm not gonna read it, but I'll, I'll give you time to look at that verse. want to be a liar. I want to be obedient to who God is and that means that I'm investing in the kingdom of God. So if you want to invest in the kingdom once again, be a disciple. If you're going to invest in the kingdom, the second thing is this is that we want to be memorizers. We want to be memorizers. Now, once again, I said that a lot of these are gonna go right back into being a disciple, but I I want you to choose right now to be a disciple because a disciple then, man, the rest of these flow. I become a memorizer. Psalm one one nineteen nine through six says this. It says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your words. I have tried hard to find you, don't let me wander from your commands. Here's the kicker, number 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your law as much as in riches. I will study your commands and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decree and not forget your word. If we want to invest in the kingdom, we have to become memorizers. And I know some of you in this room are sitting here going, well, hey, I I don't memorize scripture well. And I want to say that I think it comes down to priorities. I think it comes down to priorities. There are some of you that can quote songs that you've listened to over and over again like none other. I can play a song and you'll be like, yep, I know all of the lyrics to that song. But if I ask you a couple verses in scripture, you can say, ah, I did, nope, sorry, nope, doesn't ring a bell. I'm, I'm not going to study that. I, I think it becomes about where your priorities are. If you have a hard time memorizing scripture, hey, YouVersion Bible app is amazing. It will, it will play that verse for you over and over again, and it will read it to you. And here's the deal. man: Instead of listening to songs, listen to scripture while you're working, while you're driving anywhere. Well, you don't understand. I have somebody in my car with me, and so I can't really do that. Hey, there's headphones. We're always listening to something. I think it has to be priorities. Because if I told you that your son or your daughter or your parents came down with whatever, it came down with an incurable disease, well, it would be... It'd be curable, a, a deadly disease. And I told you, hey, you have exactly one week to memorize John chapter three and I can give you a vial that will save their lives. I guarantee you'd become a memorizer. Where do your priorities lie? Is it memorizing for memorizing's sake or is it going to be, no, I memorize because I want to Keep the commands of God. I don't want to sin in my heart. I I want to walk with Jesus. This might not change many of you in this room. This may sit there and go, no, but I just don't want to do that. And I have a feeling that when I look at this, and, and I'm speaking to myself more than anything, that if this doesn't become a daily part or a weekly part of what's going on with me, I think that I will miss out on a lot of what God has for us, a lot of listening to the mission of God, a lot of allowing the word to change my heart. I think in the end, I will just be just a person that wants to look at Scripture and go, well, this is what Scripture does for me and not what am I doing for the kingdom of God. And so starting next week, uh, for four weeks, we're going to give each other scripture, um, just one verse to memorize in a week, looking at the four portions of Jesus. And we're going to work on becoming memorizers. And so I'm going to give you a verse of week starting next week. And so prepare yourselves. Um, Maybe the first week will be something like Jesus wept, um, and then we got that memorized and good to go. Uh, But then after that, it might get a little harder. And so I just implore you, would you desire to become a memorizer, and invest in the kingdom of God. The third way I think we invest in the kingdom of God is we become a prayerful person. We become a prayerful person. This is something that is, God is really working on my heart in terms of, um, in terms of becoming a new person in this. I, I don't pray well um, I I pray really well in front of you guys meaning like I feel comfortable in that but in terms of daily walking with God just praying I I don't do a really good job. But prayer is one of the most important things. If I've ever seen anything happen I I had a friend if you didn't know celebrated his 80th birthday um this year and uh we were just talking about seven years ago in 2013, some friends went to go visit him in the hospital and they didn't expect him to make it through the night. And uh, they were just like, we, we left the room going, he's not going to make it. And I remember Doyle being on the prayer chain that time over and over again, just be praying for Doyle. He's, ha- he's struggling, be praying for him. And miraculously, it turns around, man, he's doing so much better. You can't deny the fact that prayer works. But prayer just doesn't work in terms of healing things. I think prayer brings us to the point of understanding who God is. Why do we pray? Because we want to fear God and we want to put ourselves saying, God, you are God and I am not. And when we're fighting temptations, God, I'm not doing what your word says. Would you please help me out? Prayer helps us give us peace. Prayer comforts us. Prayer brings us joy. Prayer brings new mercies every single morning by understanding that we are forgiven. Prayer puts us in the right priority saying, God, once again, you are God and I am not. Puts us in the rightful place. And so I'm going to do a plug uh, for something that um, we kind of do often. all year long, it's the prayer chain. And there are people that are constantly coming on and off this list. If you are a prayer person or want to become a prayer person, it's been really interesting for me as I get, pray, as I get prayer uh, requests through the prayer chain, it makes me really go, am I concerned about prayer? Because I wanna know, do I stop what I'm doing right away? And do I, and do I, do I pray, and do I spend the time praying? And so uh, the prayer chain is asking me to uh, kind of just invite new people to be on the prayer chain, and what she'll do is she'll rewrite it, and you'll get a phone call every once in a while. And if you're not home, they just leave a message on your phone saying, hey, would you pray for this? And so I would encourage you that if you want to become a person of prayer to to affect change, to allow people to know that you're thinking about them, that you're not thinking about them, that you're praying for them, that the... The power of Christ is changing things. Would you be willing just to put your name on this clipboard? And and right behind it is just space for you to put your name and your phone number and ways to reach you guys. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start here with Ethan. And all I want you to do is just keep passing it down the rows and we'll be good. If you wanna be on that list, would you just please put your name on it? And I'm not saying that that'll make it to you by the end of the service, but would you please just be prayerfully considering, yeah, I'll be on that list uh, to be praying for people. And be honestly praying for people. It is not a chance to be able to find out what's going on in Glasgow, Montana, right? It is a a chance to go, no, God, your power needs to be with these people. Also, the other thing is, is that every week uh, in the mornings, the prayer team meets at 8.45 in the morning, and they just pray for all of our prayer requests that you put in the offering plate, or that... uh, uh, that you might be coming with. They pray about all of the church things, and so if you're wanting to be a part of that, would you just show up at 8.45 in the morning and and be praying with them? But that's just not it, because you guys also have prayer in your own life, and that's exactly where I I want to hit next week when we talk about the portions of being with Jesus is what if our prayers were more than just, hey, be with uh, good old sweet Sally but that we would see that in the morning, this is what our prayers look like. And in the afternoon, this is what our prayers could be. In the evening, this is what our prayers. And in the midnight hour, this is what our prayers could be like. And so it's spending time with God once again, prioritizing and going, I want this for my life, that I'm a prayerful person. And now let's let the scriptures of this just kind of sink into us this morning. And the first one is First 1 Chronicles 16.11. Search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. It's not not a one-time, five-second thing in the mornings. It's continually seeking Him because He has strength. Romans 12.12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Psalm 145.18 that we read from earlier this morning said, The Lord is close to all those who call on Him. Yes, to all those who call on him in truth. If you wanna know what's going on in your life or you need something in your life, this is what prayer does. Philippians four, six, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Colossians four, two, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Why pray? because it really is the wellspring of what we need in our lives. It creates a dependence on God over and over again for his truth, for his knowledge, for the soothing of our souls for whatever is needed. The fourth thing that we wanna do in investing in the kingdom of God is we wanna be a servant. We want to be a servant. Matthew 20, 26 says this. It says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Can I just have you write something right underneath number four, and it's this. If you get this and investing in the kingdom of God, it's going to go a lot smoother for you. You ready for it? Four words. You ready? It's not about you. It's not about you. But, 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 no, let me tell you, it's not about you. This life isn't about what you can get. This life isn't about getting to the top. If God wants you at the top, you're going to be at the top. But you're going to realize that it's not about you, it's not about what I'm getting for myself it's about going God I, I want I want what's best in the kingdom of God and so instead of asking yourselves well what is the what are these people doing for me or that people doing for me my question would be what are you doing for others what are you doing for others And I'm gonna say one more thing that also this church can't be without you also. Just so you're aware of that. We're not a church without all of you. And so each one of you has a gift and a talent that God has given you and, and it's to be used for the kingdom of God. Not to sit back and, and have people fill, people fill your cup. But it's about going, God, you've been filling me all week long, and so how do I serve in your kingdom? I'm going to tell you that there is, you will never find a church that ever says, hey, we have enough volunteers, you can stop volunteering now, okay? If that's, if if there's a church like that that exists, that would be phenomenal, and I'm going to take every course they have on that. Maybe it's serving your neighbor around you, serving your church, whatever that might be. I'm going to tell you that one of the things, and I'm not, this isn't, this is, this isn't in my notes, uh, but uh, Mickey came to me today and she's like, man, I filled out my leadership slot for like the next month. I'm really excited. I'm like, awesome. If you haven't been in children's ministry, especially during children's church and up there, I'm telling you, it's a fun and an amazing thing. To be up there it's so easy and so simple now you go up there and you just get to hang out with kids you don't have to be the greatest theological speaker in the world or know all of the bible verses but you do have to be willing to love kids and so if you don't love kids stay seated here but if you do go up there and serve and have some fun time because the gospel project is phenomenal and so be looking for her um be looking for her uh, newsletter that comes out uh, this week about just going. This is what we're teaching kids. This is what we're guiding and directing. Okay, so think about being a servant not only for the church, but for, once again neighbors and everything around you. Because it's not about you. It's about the express purpose of going. I want to show you the kingdom of God. And the last one is in investing in the kingdom is be a witness. Be a witness. There's a comedian that I watched years ago and I and I can't remember who they are but they said they said this they said do you know the number one thing that I have the biggest problem with Christians is and so I'm like, "Oh great, how's this going to start?" And he says and he says, "If you truly have the keys to the kingdom of heaven and you truly understand that Jesus is the way and you truly believe that" He says, then why isn't anybody telling me about Jesus? If you think that you have the only way to have eternity, then why aren't we talking about Jesus more? Why aren't we sharing Jesus more? Why aren't we telling people, hey, the reason why I do X, Y, and Z is because I've been memorizing, I've been praying about it, and it tells me to be a servant, and I want to be the best witness I can to you. And so here's the deal. Jesus is the way to go. Now, some of, you are, some of you are just like, well, I don't know everything about Scripture. And yeah, that's okay. But you can definitely say, this is the way I was before, and because of Jesus, this is the way I am now. I love the picture, and the guy that gets his, um, uh, becomes, uh, he can see, he can get his eyesight back, and he says this, after being in, like, just, people are just like, who did this to you, who did this to you, and what's going on happening? he goes, look. He gets so frustrated with the Pharisees and he says, look, all I know is I was blind, but now I see. And I'm following that dude right there that can help me out with that. His name is Jesus. And so it doesn't have to be the Roman's road. It doesn't have to be, here's the five points to Christianity. It doesn't have to be, hey, invest in Jesus and become a disciple. First, you gotta love, mission, humility, service, suffering, and obedience. No, it is, hey, I just wanna give you this is how I walk through life and this is how he's helped me. And if we can't do that, I think, I think the problem is is that we haven't become a disciple. That we don't know scripture very well in our hearts and we haven't become memorizers and we're definitely not praying about it and we don't desire to serve and so we're not going to be witnesses. Or we're just shy and God is trying to work on us. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 is where I want to close uh, with the very last verse of reading. And we'll probably read it a couple of times. But I'm going to ask the uh, worship team to come forward as we read this together. And, And this is what it says. It said, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. So this is everything wrapped up together. This is us becoming disciples. This is us memorizing scripture and knowing how things going, to be praying for God to bring something to us, for us to be servants. And it goes on to say, man, if we're reconciling people, for verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead come back to God. Come back to God because he's been reconciling the whole world to him the whole entire time through God, through Christ dying on the cross for us. And maybe that's the only witness we ever really have to have is come back. Come back to Scripture. Come back, read, taste, and see that God is good. Dive into His Word. See that He's got every single answer. Somebody... Stopped by this week and, well, stopped me outside of my office this week and said, Hey, maybe I should come and see you for counseling. And I said, Well, the only question I ask usually, first off, right away, is How's your relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm just going to ask that over and over again, and that's what we're going to work on. I'm not going to give you five million points on how to have a better this or that, but I'm going to ask you, what is Jesus doing in your life? And that's what I want to do is come back. Center yourself back on Jesus. Be his disciple. Be covered in his dust because he's been doing that the whole entire time, reconciling the world to himself, not counting anybody's sins against them. So I want to be his disciple because I want to invest in the kingdom and I want to be a memorizer and a prayerful person, a servant because it's not about me and I want to be constantly, hey, telling people, come back. And so wherever you find yourself this morning when we sing this song that we've been singing every single week, one thing. Ask God, are you single mindedly focused on Him, or have you been investing in your own world, in your own self? In the end of this song, it says, All of life comes down to one thing that's to know God and to make Him known. We know God by being His disciple, by becoming a memorizer. by being a prayerful person. And then as we do those things, servanthood and witnessing comes a lot easier. And so, when you sing this song, just please allow Christ to speak to you, but also, man, sing to Him and say, God, I want this for my life. And then I'll come up and close us. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning and we I you would give us a glimpse of your kingdom so that we would reprioritize our lives to constantly point towards you. And God, may we trust your son so that, man, we desire to read all the things that he said to us. And God, would we be people who are just losing the weight of unforgiveness and and walk in newness of life so that we can have our renewed minds so that we're not constantly thinking of the old ways but we're pointing our lives to be invested in you God we thank you so much for being our God and reconciling us Thank you for your small whisper saying, come back to me. God, would we be focused on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. We love you all. Have a great Sunday. For those of you who are going to stay for the annual meeting here in about 10 minutes at 1130, we're going to be right over here uh, on this side of the church. Thanks. Love you. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.